Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Happy Women in Music Week, Katie. Yeah, it's a big week for Billboard. Uh, It's one of my favorite events that we do every year, so I am thrilled that it is happening on Wednesday night. And we are back doing it in person. That I'm also thrilled about, especially since I live in Los Angeles and that's where it is. (laughs) Wait, are you (laughs) going to be there? It's right on the street from my house. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Well, we'll talk more about that in a moment, uh, because as always... The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and frequently divas, meaning the good divas, uh, the good diva kind. You know what <laughs> I'm talking about. Not the negative about. diva. Not the negative diva connotation on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on the continuing success of the Encanto soundtrack at number one on the Billboard 200 chart, and how it's one of the longest-running number ones of the past five years, and one of the longest-running number one soundtracks of the last 30 years. But could Encanto's reign at number one be coming to an end thanks to Kodak Black's new album, Back for Everything? Hmm, we'll contemplate that in just a moment. Also, Gail's A, B, C, D, E, F, U reaches number one on the pop airplay chart for the first time and the top three on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart for the first time. Could the track be on course for number one? Hmm. Hmm. Also on the show, we're talking about Britney Spears reportedly signing a $15 million book deal to tell her bombshell life story. Plus, Olivia Rodrigo will be named Billboard's Woman of the Year at Wednesday's Billboard Women in Music Awards. We're going to talk all about Olivia's insane trajectory from pop rookie in January 2021 to Woman of the Year just over a year later. So stick around for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. First up, the Encanto soundtrack scores a seventh non-consecutive week atop the Billboard 200 chart, making it the album with the most weeks at number one in nearly a year. The last album with more weeks at number one was Morgan Wallen's Dangerous, the double album, which ruled for 10 straight weeks 
between the January 23rd and March 27th, 2021 dated charts. Now, in the last five years, only two albums have spent more weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 than Encanto, Dangerous, and Taylor Swift's Folklore, which spent eight weeks at number one. Katie's nodding her head. Did you want to tell me something? No, that's just like insane. That's <laughs> it Encanto's is. about to tie Taylor. It is. Uh, Encanto is one of only five soundtracks to spend at least seven weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 in the last 30 years. Before Encanto, there was Frozen with 13 weeks at number one back in 2014. Titanic with 16 weeks at number one in 1998. The Lion King with 10 weeks at number one in 1994 and 1995. And the Whitney Houston-led The Bodyguard with 20 weeks at number one in 1992 and 1993. Oh, you might 20 be wondering, weeks. 20 weeks. 20 weeks. Just, just 20. Just like almost half the year. You know, no big deal. You might be wondering, okay, so if we go f- before the last, or the last 30 years, what was the last soundtrack with, you know, seven weeks or more at number one? Yes. And that can you was, tell me that, Keith? <laughs> funny enough, I can. Oh. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have mentioned that stat had I not happened to <laughs> okay, have fair it in enough. front of me. Fair enough. It was actually the Dirty Dancing soundtrack in 1987 and 1998, 1998, 1987, and 1988. It was number one for 11 years. <laughs> That's just how dominant it was. They've had the time of their eternity. <laughs> Keith, uh, sorry to totally take a tangent, but did you see the television show about Dirty Dancing? It was like celebrating the, well, would it be 25th anniversary of Dirty Dancing? 35th yeah. anniversary. No, By 35th. The, Whoa, yeah, I, ne- bad I, never, I never said how many weeks it was number one. It was number one for 18 weeks. 18 weeks. And 35 years later, they made a television special called The Real Dirty Dancing, where they had like uh, celebrities... I'm using air quotes, uh, like pretending or like filling in for Johnny and baby and like recreating their scenes and their dances from the movie. Was this a reality show, like a competition reality show? show, reality competition on Fox that just wrapped up last week. And they had to what was what was just it was a multi episode series. Yeah. Yeah. And every week they learned like a new dirty dance, like. The mambo yeah, or, and the salsa or something. Yeah, and scenes too. Like they actually even like did the dialogue and they they started out kind of like switching it up with partners. And then in the end, it came down to two couples together. And one of them was Corbin Blue from High School Musical was okay. one of the Johnnies. That seems like a and another well, I had the same thought. And the other another the other guy was um, his name's Tyler Cameron and he was on The Bachelorette, which, you know, I'm passionate about. And uh, so and I loved him on The Bachelorette, which is the only reason I knew this show existed. But he also I didn't realize this until he was on the show has strong Swayze energy. Like he just looked like Patrick Swayze while recreating all this stuff. So anyway, it was a fun show. Okay. (laughs) thanks for coming on this journey with me. (laughs) It's 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 like it's like, okay. so in this scene, you're going to hold a watermelon and see if you can hold it while going across a bridge. 
Well, they actually they the the episode I watched, which was the finale last week, was um where they recreated the lake scene where they're practicing the lift, the iconic lift. Yeah. And they re- like they did it in the the lake. Corbin Blue's partner was Cat Cora, as in like the Iron Chef. Cat Cora. Sure. <laughs> so Corbin Blue is lifting Cat Cora above his head in a lake while they're fully, you know, clothed or whatever. <laughs> anyway, you should have been there. Wow. God, there's so many. There's so many things. There's so Keith's many. He's got follow up questions. This is the kind of conversation. If we were in the same office right now, we would have already talked all. I would have told him every detail of this. <laughs> I, I, I have seen Dirty Dancing at least a dozen times. So it's like. It's like, all right, so what's going to happen now is you're going to fend off the advances of an older woman who is like trying to get you to, quote unquote, teach you dances at night or teach her (laughs) dances at night. Meanwhile, she's, you know, she'll try to, you know, like accuse you of stealing something later on in the film and you have to fabricate something. But then what about, you know, the 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 abortion subplot? Hey, yeah, I don't know how deep they got into that because I did not watch every second of this show. The finale, I saw the entire finale, but just little bits and pieces of the rest. My of God, it, so. why wasn't this like sort of the thrust of our show this week? Like just a deep uh, yeah, dive into we this. Know. <laughs> But I do. I kind of want you to go and watch the the final dances, like the the dance, you know, that ends the movie um, to, of course, set to I had the time of my life. Um, yeah, I think you need to watch those dances and then maybe we can follow up with the people next week. <laughs> I, I just want to say it's ridiculous. Like the, the film Dirty Dancing spawned, of course, the number one soundtrack that spent, as we've noted, 18 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. It launched a sequel soundtrack called More Dirty Dancing that reached either number two or number three on the chart. I don't have it in front of me because I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, Then it turned into a TV series at some point, I believe in the late 80s. Of course, then we later, much later, had Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Indeed, just like 10 years ago or something, right? Right, and Patrick Swayze, I think, was in it for a hot second in like a cameo. Mm. Um, And then there was a sort of a... uh, like a reboot tv special thing that had like like sort of a julianne huff type person what was that thing what was that well now i don't even know what you're talking about i don't know that one there were there was some dirty dancing let's just google julianne huff and dirty dancing and see what we get julianne it it might have been her i'm not sure if it was She's got baby energy. Are you thinking you're not thinking about Footloose, right? Because she was nope. the Footloose, the Footloose no. remake. There was definitely some sort of TV special that mm. it, that was like Dirty Dancing Live or something. We'll like, see now when I search this, it's going to come up with this new TV show that just wrapped, right? There was a TV movie in 2017 with Abigail Breslin starring as yes, baby? Yes, that's what I'm I, thinking of. Yeah, yes. I remember that too. I remember I, that and too. I think the I think the collective sort of reaction was like, why does this thing exist? Was why? why? <laughs> well, I think there might have been a little bit of that with the show I just watched, too, but I had fun. So that would have been exactly 30 years after 2017, and now this is 35. Also, I remember, I think in the 80s, there was also like a Dirty Dancing on tour situation. And has has there been, if there's not, there should have, has there been any sort of musical? Like, doesn't it feel ripe for a Broadway musical? Was pretty, there one? I'm, I'm pretty sure there is a musical of sorts, a traveling musical, at least somewhere in London or England at this time. I mean, of course, of, of course. course there is. Anyway, it's a cultural phenomenon. It, it go, still happening 35, like 35 years later. Still a cultural phenomenon. 
All right. Well, thanks. That was a great show, everyone. Um, <laughs> by the way, um, we know this was the Dirty Dancing podcast. By the way, just just so everyone knows, uh, last nugget about Encanto this week as we make it a full circle back. The soundtrack and overall album with the most weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 is West Side Story with 54 weeks at number one back in 1962 and 1963. Whoa. I can't swear on, or I could swear on this podcast, but my my mind swore when you just said 54 weeks. Whoa. Well, could Encanto's days at number one on the Billboard 200 be numbered thanks to Kodak Black? Well, that would be interesting. Like, Kodak Black and Encanto, what do they have in common? The same breath. Nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the rapper's new album, Back for Everything, was released on February 25th and is fueled by its hit single, Super Gremlin, which reached the top five on the Billboard Hot 100 in January. Kodak Black has topped the Billboard 200 once previously with 2018's Dying to Live, and he has collected three top tens in total. If Back for Everything debuts at number one, it would be only the fourth album to hit number one in the last three months. Adele's 30 was number one for six weeks from the December 4th through January 8th dated charts. Then Encanto was number one on January 15th. It then stepped aside for Gunna's DS Forever on January 22nd. And then Encanto returned to number one on January 29th, where it's been ever since. So we shall see. Tune in next week and we will tell you if Kodak Black developed at number one. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, that's a Polaroid that joke Kodak. anyway. That is that is a joke Kodak. for for people our age and above. <laughs> yeah. Old folks. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, lastly, Gail's breakthrough hit A B C D E F U hits number one on the pop airplay chart, rising to the So you want to one. sing it along to the tune when you say the title? A no. B C D E F U. Okay. There hits you go. Him. I kinda that's kinda how I hear it. Hits number one on the pop airplay chart, rising two to one in its 13th week on the list, while it also moves four to three on the Billboard Hot 100, breaking into the top three for the first time. Is the buzzy track on its way to number one on the Hot 100? Well, standing in its way are Glass Animals' Heat Waves, which is a non-mover at number two. And of course, we don't talk about Bruno from Encanto, which tops the Hot 100 for a fifth week. Uh, if Gail's A, B, C, D, E, F, U hits number one on the Hot 100, it would not only be her first number one, but the 17-year-old would be the third teenager to hit number one in the last year, following the Kid Leroy and Olivia Rodrigo. Gail uh, is 17 and doesn't turn 18 until June. Also, fun fact... If A, B, C, D, E, F, U hits number one, it will be only the second song title... Uh, at number one, that starts with the letters ABC, following the Jackson 5's ABC, which was number one for one, two weeks at, in 1970. I was hoping he'd like ABC, easy as one, two, three weeks at number one, but it was only uh, number one for two weeks. But shucks. I feel like Gail has discovery on her side right now because Glass Animals has been around for so long, has such a strong radio presence, but there's fewer people to just now, you know find it and buy it or stream it as there were at the beginning. So maybe maybe Gail will leapfrog. I guess we'll see. Maybe. So moving along, Britney Spears is gearing up to tell her side of the story, according to reports of a $15 million book deal that surfaced on February 21st. Now, Page Six was first to report the news um, saying that 
the uh, publishing house Simon and Schuster won a bidding war for a tell-all memoir for Britney. And Variety also reported that the news had been confirmed with a source close to Spears. Representatives for Spears, however, still have not responded to Billboard's request for comment or confirmation. So, um, yeah, these are these are still reports, quote unquote. Um, but we are very much looking forward to Britney telling all. At least I am. I don't I, I think a lot of people are obviously judging by the you know 15 million dollar price tag. Um, the reported book deal comes three months after the 13 year conservatorship that controlled Spears's personal and professional life ended. Um, and that was uh, when was that last year, September, I think. And uh, in January. Britney's sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, released a memoir titled Things I Should Have Said, which fueled a very public war of words between the two sisters on social media and in interviews and led to Britney's attorney issuing a cease and desist from referencing Britney derogatorily throughout Jamie Lynn's promotional campaign. Um, And after all that, Spears hinted um, ahead of the book, the uh, Jamie Lynn book release, that she just might begin writing her own book with an Instagram post showing a typewriter and the caption, Shall I start from the beginning? And I guess the answer is yes, she should. Allegedly. Um, yeah, reportedly, allegedly, etc. I mean, Brittany herself has said that she's interested in, in writing this book. So yeah, this is going to be something because the world has been hanging on Brittany's every word since she finally got to speak in court last summer. And now it's like we're going to get the full the full version of that potentially. And this is obviously her side of the story. Other people's sides of the story will probably be told as well. Um, It's just quite the story, a life story that she's had between, you know, her insane blockbuster pop career like that alone would be an interesting story. And then she had this 13 year conservatorship that um, really, you know, hung this storm cloud over her life for the past decade plus. Um, and now she's free from that and she wants to talk about it. So, Keith, I guess what what do you is this a book you would read? And, and what are you kind of expecting or looking for from it? If I'm, you would read it, <laughs> you know, there's lots of memoirs, lots of autobiographies, you know, from pop stars and musicians, few individuals have had such a fascinating, unusual career like Britney Spears, where she has been in the public eye since she was a, a, a sort of a preteen on, on, the, yeah. on the new Mickey Mouse Club. Um, just just imagine the the stories that she would have from you know, auditioning for Mickey Mouse Club, you know, and then getting a, a record deal, going to record a, her album, her first album in Sweden with Max Martin in a studio on the side of a road somewhere. Imagine just that part alone is fascinating. Well, and we I feel like we've heard the glossy version of that story right. told, but now it feels like we might get the warts and all version of her teenage teenage upbringing as well, which we've never truly gotten to hear, you know, like she's willing to talk about not the not so you know, sweet sides of becoming a pop princess. Yeah, obviously all of that, plus obviously the conservatorship issues where we basically have not got to hear Brittany herself talk much about what her true thoughts or emotions have been for upwards of 15 years. So I think it would be incredibly fascinating, and I think it's an interesting move to 
if this is true, for her to have chosen to opt for a book as opposed to a Netflix special or a Oprah sit down doesn't mean that those things cannot augment this, but it feels like um, this could be uh, sort of a, a more thorough way of kind of getting it all out there definitively in a in a in a thorough way as opposed to having something misinterpreted or something is taken out of context or someone twists her words around. It's like, nope, right. I wrote something it Something she has control over, which is yes. what she's lacked for the last, you know, 15 years. And it, there was so much secrecy surrounding the conservatorship until, you know, the fan movement, the Free Britney movement really, like, forced a lot of stuff out into the open. There was so much shrouded in secrecy and mystery because that's what worked for, you know, whoever was, you know, controlling that situation. And now now Brittany can hopefully say whatever she wants in whatever way she wants to, like you said. Um, and a book is within her control. And yeah, that's what she needs and wants. But and I think what what you, what you said about Oprah, like that stuff is going to come with it, just like we just saw a million Jamie Lynn interviews during right. her memoir promotion. You know, Brittany can plan this entire rollout and it might include a, a, you know, documentary series or some sort of complimentary video element indeed. And or in, in addition, think of think. I mean, I'm immediately thinking of the Keith Richards autobiography or Elton John's biography that came out a couple years ago. They had, you know, obviously much longer lives and, and many more stories to tell. But think of all the things that have already happened that have already happened with Britney. Um I just think that, I mean, this could be just the, the first of, you know, further books, you know, farther down the road. You know, maybe this would only deal with a certain portion of her life. Who knows? Um, but I think it would be obviously a page turner. And I think, you know, maybe maybe it would also be very healthy and beneficial for Brittany herself just to sort of kind of get it all out there and get, you know, put pen to paper and, and, and get her feelings out, too. Yeah, and I, I think her fans probably would hope that there could potentially be a music component as well. Imagine if she's re you know, rehashing all this stuff from her life, maybe there's an album that is more confessional than Britney's ever been allowed to be, or she's able to like write these words down that maybe can be set to music and, and there's an album too. Yeah, I mean we're, um, we're we're more than five years since her last studio album, so yeah. and that's the longest Glory, she's ever gone. Was that her last one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I mean this is yeah. the longest we've gone between studio albums from Britney. I mean obviously she has other things going on right now, but well, and she's hinted that she might even just retire from music altogether. But who knows if like the process of revisiting a lot of this painful stuff might you know bring bring the musician out and her the artist she out and should, her again. She should. You know, it, it would be it would be so it would be so sad if if for who knows how many years Britney has basically just had to have been a performer and a dancer and a singer and like get on stage just because she's been told to and 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 she's lost that spark, you know, as a performer. And it just like you and I saw her in Vegas mm -hmm. and it just it pains me to think that like she was just up there necessarily like not not enjoying it and just having to do this. And even though there were thousands of people there just so happy to see her, she was not necessarily perhaps 
happy to be up there doing it. And I'm like, gosh, well, I just ho- hope, hopefully whatever happens, she's able to find sort of peace and happiness. And if that does not involve her being an entertainer the way we've known her for years, yeah. that's great. That's fine. Yeah. But the other sad part about that, to your point, is like the reason she became such a phenomenon and so famous is because of what a charismatic performer she was. Like you couldn't take your eyes off her, whether she was a kid in the Mickey Mouse Club or you know, uh, dancing on stage at 16, like she, that was her superpower, you know? And so it's like that kind of got made, might've gotten stolen from her or sucked dry from her by people, you know, forcing her to do it. And now she can do things on her own terms. Yeah. Um, well, well, uh, we shall see. We'll keep you posted, obviously about all things, Brittany moving forward. Books take a lot of time. So I imagine the timeline on this one could be years until we see this, but uh, we shall see. Meanwhile, after an epic 2021, Olivia Rodrigo will cap her breakthrough year by being named Billboard's 2022 Woman of the Year at Wednesday's Billboard Women in Music Awards. And just talking about this in general, you know, Keith, this is just a wild, a wildly fast trajectory, to say the very least, because looking back at past Billboard Women of the Year, They include Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Madonna, Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, and our most recent Woman of the Year, Cardi B in 2020. And these are ladies with years under their belts in performing, or in Madonna's case, decades in the game already. And on January 1st last year, most people hadn't even heard Olivia's name before, unless you watched Disney Plus's High School Musical or... You, uh, you know, were following her on Disney's, I think, what was she on? Bizarre Vark? Uh, yes, Keith. By all rights, in a normal circumstance, Olivia would be named our rising star or something. Yes. But she's yes. had such a phenomenal year. It's like, nope, you've just graduated and bypassed that's your woman of the year. Yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. Fast forward. to It's really, it's really something. And it speaks to just... Like what a year it was, because like I said, the first song came out in January, uh, Driver's License, of course, which became an eight week number one in the Billboard Hot 100. She put out her debut album, Sour, which was number one for multiple weeks. Uh, We had uh, the number one song, Good For You, that came out of that top 10 hit, Deja Vu. Like there is just it's accomplishment after accomplishment. And to Keith's point, it's like you can hardly call her a rising star. She skipped nine steps and just went straight to superstardom within a span of just a few months, um, you know, January to the spring last year. During the pandemic. Um, yeah, during a pandemic when she couldn't tour. By the way, her first tour starts this year. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's it's very cool and it's very unprecedented as I from that list of uh, women I told you earlier that were one of the year. Um, she, yeah, she just, she just did it. (laughs) I mean, no pressure, Olivia, because like now, you know, she's got a lot to back up from her like debut album, her debut single. They're just such blockbusters, but, um, it feels like she's just established herself, um, on a, on a fast track to say the least. Well, the Women in Music Awards, uh, they are airing broadcasting on Twitter this year, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. 
Uh, and I wanted to give a little overview of everything else that's going down at the event. Um, they will be hosted by Sierra, who was actually our 2009 Woman of the Year. And uh, the list of honorees this year include Gabby Barrett, who is performing and receiving the Rising Star Award. I'm just going to skip the performing part because all the women I'm about to tell you are performing. So Gabby Barrett's getting our Rising Star Award. Phoebe Bridgers is getting the Trailblazer Award. Doja Cat is receiving the Powerhouse Award. Please bear with me on uh, on Golnar Kozros Shahi, who is the founder and CEO of Reservoir Media, and she is this year's Executive of the Year. She then we is have not Carol performing. G. She is. Oh, I, there we go. <laughs> I guess my blanket performance statement does not. I mean, maybe she could. We maybe I will she leave it open someone. for her. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, Carol G is receiving the Rule Breaker Award. Bonnie Wright is receiving the Icon Award. I love Bonnie Wright. I cannot wait to see her perform on Wednesday. Saweetie is receiving the Game Changer Award. Summer Walker is receiving the Chart Breaker Award. And finally, her is getting the Impact Award. So like I said, that's all going down Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Keith, you want to give the Brits the time that they have to be up at to watch this on Twitter? Late. <laughs> late. Very late. Very late. Um, so definitely 2, 2 tune in on Wednesday. 2 a.m. Yeah. Okay, 2 a.m. For the diehards. Otherwise, you know, we'll have a lot of video uh, and editorial coverage on our website the next morning. So if you're not if you're not able to catch it, uh, Billboard.com will have you covered on Thursday. Is there a red carpet of some sort? Is there an arrivals sort of situation? Yeah, there's an arrivals um, and we're going to have people both on a carpet and backstage. Amazing. Um, Yeah. And it's a cool event. Uh, I guess I didn't mention this, but for the first time ever, it's uh, they sold tickets to the public. So there's going to be uh, seats full of fans that are going to be there for all these amazing performances. It's totally different than the typical, you know, kind of industry event that it's been um, the last few years. Uh, so, yeah, so that's going to be new and exciting, too. And I, I'm, I'm unless I'm completely on drugs, I think every single one of these honorees are actually going to be live and in person at the event. Yes, that's they, correct. They will all be I on hand confirm. to accept their award. I can confirm they will all be there. So to if you bought a ticket, awards. if you bought a ticket, you are going to be in the same room as her, Summer Walker, Saweetie, Bonnie Ray, Carol G, Doja Cat, Phoebe Bridgers, Gabby Barrett and Olivia Rodrigo. Yep. I think that's why you pick up a ticket for that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, clearly. A, it's a great lineup to say um, the least. Uh, speaking of someone, I mean, Katie and I have both been at this event before. Um, I've. I've had the great uh, honor of being uh, on the red carpet, or I might have been the pink carpet at the time, to um, uh, anchor the sort of pre-show coverage uh, with Chelsea Briggs at the time. Uh, One of those years was when Madonna was Woman of the Year. Go Mm -hmm. figure. And then the (laughs) other year was when Selena Gomez was Woman of the Year. Oh, yes. I was was working backstage at the Selena Gomez one here in L.A. The event itself is just such a... It's a really moving event and it's really yes. so well done. And I, I think it's just it's just incredibly well done. And I think you can't help but to kind of walk out of it um, feeling inspired, even if you aren't if you know, even if you are a, a <laughs> man or a man in music, <laughs> I, you identify as something else like, you know, no, it, I, it's a you very know, I inspiring evening. I think it started because there wasn't enough recognition for women in music. And now I don't know that that is the case anymore, but I love that we still do it because why not continue to celebrate women in music, even if 
women are some of our biggest superstars in music, like, and they're getting their recognition. They're getting their due. I love the idea of it being an all woman event and especially the executive of the the year award. I'm always fascinated to hear from those people every year and meet those people. And, you know, it's just, I I love the the event. So yeah, clearly I'm excited. All right. Well, now (laughs) it's time for the chart stat of the week. You're insecure. Ten years ago this week, One Direction made their Hot 100 debut with What Makes You Beautiful. The track entered the list dated March 3rd, 2012 at number 28, eventually peaking at number 4 the following month. It was one of six top tens and 29 total chart entries for the vocal group. Initially comprised of Niall Horan, Zayn Malik, Liam Payne, Harry Styles, and Louis Tomlinson, One Direction was assembled on the UK reality competition program The X Factor in 2010 and released its first official single, What Makes You Beautiful, in Europe in September of 2011. The single wasn't released in the United States until the following February. Though One Direction never hit number one on the Hot 100 as a group, the act did achieve four number one albums on the Billboard 200. One Direction has been on a hiatus since January of 2016, and Malik actually departed the group in March of the previous year. Now, since 2016, all five members of the act have gone on to solo careers, each earning at least one top 40 charting hit on the Hot 100. Further, two members of the group did something the group itself couldn't, hit number one on the Hot 100. Styles has experienced the most chart success, having logged three top tens on the Hot 100, including the number one Watermelon Sugar, as well as two number one albums on the Billboard 200 chart. Zayn has topped the Hot 100 with Pillow Talk and the Billboard 200 with Mind of Mine. Horan has hit number one on the Billboard 200 with his debut album, Flicker. Styles has also become the first member of One Direction to win a Grammy Award, taking home the trophy for Best Pop Solo Performance for Watermelon Sugar. So, there you have it. Ten years ago this week, One Direction debuted on the Hot 100 with What Makes You Beautiful. Okay, we've reached the end of our big show. Um... I said One Direction because that's how they were always introduced yeah, on The X Factor. On X Factor? <laughs> One Direction. Um, you know, I saw them perform at the Rose Bowl when they were a five piece. And um, man, Zayn just looked miserable up there. Was that the, he, was that the very beginning of the tour that he bailed in the middle of? It could have been. I just remember. I mean, it was. I'll have to look up what month it was. If he if he left the group in March, I mean, it might have been like a January. It was like a few months after that. It was the that tour was ha- the tour was happening right. So like he, he left in the middle of the tour. I it was just just glaringly obvious how, mm. you know, like obviously they've never been a band that did like choreography, but the guys were just always moving, you know, running around, like having the time of their lives, interacting with fans and like Zane like stayed put in his spot like where he hit his mark wherever his mark needed to be but didn't do anything like extra you know he just like was going through the motions and it was like he was he was ready to just clear out oh. and he did and then and he, he cleared did. out 
I was like, wow, I didn't misinterpret that. <laughs> I like you like the way you said the other four were having the time of their life, you know, much like dirty dancing. <laughs> Let's just get back to. Oh, should we go out on a dir- uh, dirty dancing soundtrack song? Um, I, we could. I mean, we could go out and she's like the wind and just continue our our Swayze tribute here. She's like the wind by Patrick Swayze featuring yes. Wendy Frazier. Oh, wow. Didn't know that part. It was a amazing. Top, I believe it was a top I think it might have even gone to like number two, I think, on the Hot 100. It's definitely a top five hit on the Hot 100. All I know is it's a fantastic song, and I've known that song for decades. I knew it for decades before knowing it was a Patrick Swayze song. I was like, I don't know, 20 when I found out it was a Patrick Swayze song. She's like the wind (laughs) through my trees. She's like the (laughs) night next to me. (laughs) She she leads me through moonlight only to burn me with the sun. She's Everything was so dramatic she in the 80s. She doesn't know what she's done. <laughs> I feel her breath in my face. Her body close to me. Remember when we were talking about Keith really knowing his lyrics last week? <laughs> oh, now I know where Wendy comes in. Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs. Just a fool needs. to believe. <laughs> she's like the wind. But I mean, yeah, she does the just a fool to believe. You know, she has like the she, clearly she's the one that can sort of hit that just range of those notes. Just a fool to believe. Just a fool to believe. She's, she's like, like the wind. wind. All right. We don't need to this go out. That, we just went out on amazing. it. That was it. <laughs> yeah, right. Now you'll hear the real song and how they Keith did it Caulfield so much better. featuring Katie Atkinson. <laughs> We're going to get our own hit. I swear, Katie. That's right that's right all right we'll see you guys next week bye Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.